Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Professional Millennials Podcast. We're so excited to come back with another episode this week. He is Derek. She's Tori. Let's jump in. Time for our weekly update first, as usual. This week was a pretty fun one. I went out this weekend and celebrated Nate's 27th birthday, so big shout out to him. Had a great time meeting a couple of new people that he introduced me to, making some new friends, and the highlight, of course, was that about an hour or two before I was heading over there, he asked if I was going to bring Daisy, our lovely little dog, and I was like, oh yeah, sure, sure, I can bring her. Little did I know that everyone there was twice as excited to see her as they were to see me, and I can't blame them. Can't blame them with that cute face, and she just brings that positivity and her big toothy smile. I'm pretty sure every single waitress at some point came over and gave her a treat. And then everybody who walked by had to stop and pet her. She made friends with both people and a couple other doggos there. So I had fun, but I think Daisy had two to three times as much fun as me. Absolutely. That's what we're we're all about. I think her highlight would probably be when we ordered pizza and Jane gave her a couple pieces of crust. So she was living the high life eating that pizza. Oh yeah, getting spoiled. And then on the topic of birthdays, coming up a few days after this episode drops... My nephew Dante is turning four. Little man's getting big. Woohoo! Happy almost birthday, Dante. And the very next day is my mom's birthday. So big month for birthdays in, this fa- in our families. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, a couple of birthdays coming through. It's crazy to see how much Dante's grown over the past few years. And just seeing him grow up with his big sister, Clara, they are so much fun to see every day growing and playing together. And it sounds like Dante is just super helpful from all the stories you tell me. You know, he's willing to help wash and dry the car and just do the most. What a good little guy. He is a sweetheart. So we're excited to celebrate that. Can't wait to see him again soon. Give him some big hugs and see how much more he's grown. Absolutely. And some other fun stuff that we've been up to. Last night we were actually at the University of Texas Stadium. Hook them. Hook them, yeah. We were celebrating my sister Laura on her graduation. She graduated in 2020, but with COVID and everything, she was finally able to get her recognition and walk and make it official. Pretty cool seeing that stadium. I mean, it's huge. They did it real big. Nice giant fireworks display at the end. So just really happy for her getting to close that book with the final chapter of her college career coming to an end the, the right way. Heck yeah, you go girl. Hook them horns. And so I think that's just about it besides that. Uh, the only other small thing is that our garden has still been going great. Got a few more cucumbers this week and some serrano peppers have reached maturity so we tossed some of those into our cucumber margaritas as well to add a little kick. Yeah, spicy cucumber margs are amazing. So refreshing. Definitely a good warm weather drink. And in just a week or two, I'd say we'll have some of our sweet peppers ready. Like, things are, are going great in the garden. We're, we've actually got a second garden box. We just need to get out there. It's been really rainy, but once the weather turns around, we'll grow some more plants. We're so excited to increase and expand our garden. Yeah, speaking of expanding, the tomato plant is finally popping off some flowers. We were definitely getting worried about that guy. He was the one lagging behind everybody else. So... Thing I'm most excited for is using our tomatoes and peppers to make our own fresh salsa. I think that's gonna be pretty awesome to try some of that. Oh my gosh, yes! And just think about all the things you can do with tomatoes. Like you could just serve it up with some fresh mozzarella and basil, or mm-hmm. use it on salads or burgers. Like the options are endless, and we're just gonna have an unlimited supply because we actually planted three tomato plants. 
once they start hitting, it's going to be a whole lot of red juicy tomatoes. So now that we've finished up our update, time to go ahead and jump into our topic of the week. This week, we are coming at you guys with the topic of streaming, how all these services are being streamed right to the viewers at their homes. This topic kind of jumped into my mind when the keynote speaker, Bob Iger, who is the CEO of Disney, was speaking at the Texas graduation, talking about how they kind of made a, a jump, or he thought it was kind of a bold move for them. But really, when I did some research, Disney Plus is about a decade or so behind the curve. So it's pretty crazy to, believe, to think about the fact that YouTube has been running for nearly two decades. What's even crazier is that Google saw immediately how valuable YouTube was, because just a year in, they paid a, over a billion and a half dollars to acquire YouTube. Wow. Now, of course, most people thought that was overpaying at the time or overvalued, but I think they got a steal on YouTube. Now we look at all the monetization through ads and how much content is coming out there. They must have seen how many people were searching for YouTube and accessing the site and just realized, you know, the potential there. And now that people on YouTube are monetizing and stuff, there's just a lot of appeal for people to be on YouTube, to be consuming YouTube. It's really a everyday part of a lot of people's lives. I think the two biggest positives of YouTube content is that with that production quality coming up, it's free content and it's on demand. People are really getting tired of having to tune in at certain times like we talked about in our Rise of Podcasting episode. People are doing less radio, more podcasts, and now it's much less cable television and much more streamed video content. Well, think about it. If it's convenient for the viewer, then they're going to use it more and take advantage of that. It's all about the convenience factor. Oh, definitely. And believe it or not, there's about an average of 14,000 cable subscribers cutting the cord every single day in this country. So millions and millions have been dropping off the cable train, and we're one of them. I think we're getting close to about half of cable subscribers in the past two decades have cut the cord. And it makes sense because here, just for reference, we'd be paying about an extra $50 on top of our internet subscription to have basic cable. $50 can get you five, six, or even seven streaming services. Oh, absolutely. And we still have a little antenna my dad hooked us up with, so we can get like ABC and NBC, CBS. Yep, some big broadcast channels. Yeah, everything that you would need on cable. Now, similar to that podcasting episode that I just mentioned earlier, I do want to go a little bit into the history of streaming. And of course, radio is a different type of stream using those radio wave frequencies to transmit information for audio, but there's a huge bottleneck if you think about how much data a video takes compared to audio. Yeah, what you just mentioned with the audio versus video, I feel like video wasn't really something people were thinking about until the internet really made its debut and people realized that you could watch things on demand other than just like tuning in for your nightly news. So that's really come a long way since the internet. Mm -hmm. And streaming itself, I don't think was even possible for years then because it would just take so long. Think about how much videos used to buffer. We'd have to bring a a page up and just wait for that little bar to move along. So that was a big problem. So I think it was probably more popular to download something on the internet and then watch it. Like Netflix, you could download a, a movie and then watch it, not just click play and go. 
Remember how big illegal downloading and pirating was? Mm -hmm. That was such a big thing. LimeWire for music and movies and stuff. Did you ever use the YouTube to MP3 converter? Oh, I've heard of that, but as if I knew how to do that. Oh, that was awesome. Just copy a link, put it in, and it just took the audio from the YouTube video. So that's when YouTube was getting big, but that was less regulated. So you have things like Vivo uploading high-quality music, but of course you can't listen to YouTube unless with that video closed. Got it. So if you don't want to like pay for it on your iTunes, mm-hmm. do a little backdoor MP3. I'm pretty sure most of those have been shut down by now. You know, pirating is something that's been cracked down on a lot. And obviously people are always going to be trying to innovate ways to cut corners there, but they're definitely getting caught in most of those ways. So on the YouTube thing, this is something that's really interesting. Now, as this um, other generation, Generation Z, is getting much older they're actually not really as into movies, period. Like, they would rather watch YouTube than watch a movie. Like, if you think about it, it kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. Their attention spans are so so short. How can they stay focused for a full hour and a half, two-hour movie? Yeah, they're getting shorter and shorter, and we talked about how millennials have a fairly short attention span. Zoomers are even shorter, so I'm sure whatever comes after Gen Z... If we go back to Gen AA or whatever, they're going to be, what, a three-second attention span? They're going to be popping from topic to topic. But it's pretty wild that now there's an estimated 2 billion active users on YouTube. Wow. And YouTube has really gone all in on this. You know, not only are they letting people show their channels and videos and stuff, all the streaming of music and how big the online music concerts are becoming Mm -hmm. getting more and more popular that way live streaming in general is getting more and more popular even with services like twitch too people it blows my mind but people will tune in to watch other people play video games and record themselves playing video games people are making money off of that now is that what twitch is yeah it's live streaming and that just seems to be one of the biggest categories of twitch there's also some people who are quote loop artists which we've watched the lead singer from Glass Animals do that where you start off with the bass line track and you add in a couple of drum tracks and you add in the vocals and melody and harmony and you just start building the song track by track, looping yourself. So people like to tune in to watch that. And I think we had some fun watching that. I absolutely love watching those. I didn't realize that was Twitch. So I don't think he did his through Twitch, but there's a lot of people on Twitch doing it. Gotcha. Okay. See, I need to just study up on this Mm -hmm. it's evolving so quickly i can't even keep up and it's funny you know there's people now who make money playing video games so people are trying to get into that competitive sphere of gaming they're going to watch others who are professionals on their twitch get little tidbits pointers and other ways for them to up their game and it's just the sharing of information is so big right now i always you know will circle back to things like baseball, but there's a lot of pitchers now who are sharing their grips and how they throw their fastball or their curveball or slider. And then a high school kid now has access to what's practically a private lesson from a professional. And you can do that in so many different ways with music. That's another really popular one. Learn to play a song on the guitar by watching someone on YouTube. Whereas 20, 30, 40 years ago, you didn't have access to all that information. And someone like me who's, like, a very visual learner, that's going to be so much more helpful than, like, reading a how-to-play-guitar book or something where you have to visualize it in your head mm-hmm. where you can just watch somebody doing it. Yeah. 
streaming isn't just for entertainment. It's also a great learning avenue. Now, after YouTube, because we spent some good time talking about that, Netflix is the largest paid streaming service at right around 200 million subscribers. So it's a huge drop off there. You know, it's almost a thousand fold more, or sorry, a hundred fold more people are on YouTube than Netflix just because of the paid aspect. And Netflix is really churning out a ton of content from shows to movies. They have just really gone balls to the wall. Do you know what the first Netflix original series was? The first thing they ever produced on their own? I know this deep down, but I can't think of it. House of Cards. Oh my gosh. Okay. I knew that. I knew that. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not mad that Kevin Spacey got in trouble for all those weird things he was doing because Claire Underwood's character was so much cooler. She's an amazing actress. Her name's escaping me right now. But, you know, she was Jenny and Forrest Gump and she was Princess Buttercup and Princess Bride. She's had a pretty amazing career if you look back at her different roles. And I think she was already carrying the show anyway. Oh, Robin Wright. Yes. Yes. She is amazing. And she's aged so well, too. I mean, she could go back and play some of those roles if she wanted again. Oh, my gosh. She's gorgeous. And speaking of her, she's in that um, Wonder Woman movie, right? Yeah, she's one of the Amazons, which fits her well. Fits her so well. And that kind of leads us into a good segue here for um, movies. I thought you were going to say for Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, you wish. So for movies, streaming at home. Because Wonder Woman 1984 was one of the first movies I realized that it came out in theaters and then like a few days later it was available right on my HBO Max app. So I didn't have to wait like at all. We barely had to wait at all. We could just watch it after a few days after its release from the comfort of our home. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of movies are released on Thursday nights because then you get those numbers for Friday, Saturday, Sunday that opening weekend they maximize it but most thursday nights i'm not gonna want to go out and see a movie we both have work friday morning and it's also expensive to go watch a movie there i mean if you're paying over ten dollars per ticket your streaming service for the month is less than that and you can watch as many times as you want and make whatever snacks you want and there's not gonna be any little kids throwing popcorn in the front of the theater ruining your experience 100 percent. like i was thinking about it the draws of going into a theater a theater are what the big screen and the good sound experience these are things that you know if you walk into costco you can take care of for yourself you know with all the sonos and sound bars and all these 4k hd tvs there are a lot of ways for us to make a a home viewing experience just as good if not better than going to the theater yeah and speaking of the sound experience I'm sure you've been in this situation where you're watching a movie, there's a serious scene, maybe a sad scene, a solemn one, it's quiet, and then you hear, next door is the new Mission Impossible or the new Fast and Furious, and there's giant explosions, so your theater is rumbling because of the one next door, which kind of takes away from the focus on your movie. A hundred percent, and I'm one of those people who likes to get a little treat at the theater, and then when I'm eating it, I'm worried about the crinkling and, like, disturbing everyone, so I'll, like, be thinking about it the whole time, like, oh, let me wait for a loud scene to stick my hand in there, grab some of these Sour Patch watermelons, and it's just like, you know, if I was at home just watching it with you, I could put it into a bowl, and I wouldn't care about disturbing you as much because we're in the comfort of our own home. The other snack issue is if you're having a drink, of course, movie theaters always give you 
the smallest size is probably a 32 ounce and it goes up to like 64 ounces. They're massive. You get halfway through that before the movie starts and then an hour in, you got to pee. And you can't pause the the big movie screen theater. You could ask, but they'd probably say no. Yeah, screw you. So you don't want to miss anything. I get back and say, oh, what happened? And you're trying to whisper in a movie theater and people are mad at you for talking during the movie. It's just not an ideal experience. 100%. So, you know, we've actually watched a few movies on our HBO Max app. Like, we just watched um, King Kong vs. Godzilla mm-hmm. with Nate. Something I probably wouldn't have spent 11 bucks on to go to the movies and watch it there. But it was a good movie. We watched in the comfort of our home. Mm-hmm. With our sound bar giving us great sound experience. We would deposit when our Chinese delivery came. You mm-hmm. know, win, win, win. Definitely a positive. Now, speaking of the movies, Amazon is one of the largest movie databases as far as streaming services. And then, of course... Disney Plus has gotten a lot of popularity recently. They're churning out content like crazy. Cannot wait for the Obi-Wan and the Loki series. Mm -hmm. Just saying. Yeah, their Star Wars and Marvel Cinematic Universes are blowing up right now. There's even talks of them creating a multiverse for the Star Wars. So you can have different timelines overlapping where it's more of a what if or what could happen in this timeline as opposed to what definitely did. So you can have different storylines imagining different events Ooh, yes please now something that's i think kind of odd about streaming services is there's kind of two different categories that i see where some are just owned by one company say disney for example or peacock with nbc or hbo max where they're almost exclusively showing content made in-house and then you have the other side of it with netflix Amazon, Apple TV, where you're aggregating content from lots of different producers and get a lot of different point of views. And you can also make your own on top of that. There are Amazon originals, there's Netflix originals, and I believe Netflix had the number one feud streamed show, which was Stranger Things. Every time that the new season comes out for Stranger Things, it blows up all over social media. Everyone's binging it immediately. I mean, they create movements with some of these, including Disney Plus doing The Mandalorian. Same level of hype for Baby Yoda. Oh, 100%. Especially the Stranger Things. Like, people are here for it. Stranger Things is pretty juicy, right? I think that's even almost a level past juicy because it's 80s things. It's just, like, straight-up nostalgic. Like Yeah, throwback, retro. Yeah, I love it. Besides all the gross scenes. It's a little graphic, like not Oh, it's definitely lie. graphic, yeah. But good show. I mean, just amazing the quality of the content coming from these streaming services. And like we mentioned, even YouTube, where it's not a huge production company, it's you know smaller groups or individuals, and they're putting out content that looks just as good as things on ESPN as far as sports commentary. So it's pretty amazing the access that we have to it, both as creators and as consumers with streaming these days and like even though it's streamed right to us on netflix like these actors like still go to premieres it's still a big deal Mm -hmm. i wonder how like the revenue works because it's not like they're having a big box office weekend i'm sure it's mainly ad revenue and profit sharing that way but we could look into that yeah we'll, we'll have to do a little research after this and we have toyed around with the idea for you listeners of doing series of episodes obviously you could 
possibly lump this in with our podcasting episode or we can do different food episodes. So let us know what you like so we can build on topics that you guys enjoy. Yeah, we're always here for feedback. We just want to know what you guys want to talk about with us. And so I think that about wraps it up for our streaming services conversation. I think it's time to move on to one of the happiest and cutest sections of our show. Here we are at the May 24th edition of Dog of the Week. And this one is a hero of a dog. And in Sita, California, a family decided to have a nice night and grill out some food. They had a lovely dinner, finished up, went to bed, and thought nothing of it. Then at 3.30 a.m., they were awoken by some barking that did not sound like their dog's normal bark. They felt like the dog was in distress, and so they had to get up to figure out what was going on. Their dog, Osa, which is Spanish for bear, was at the back door barking like crazy, and as the owner looked out the door, Don Houts noticed that there were flames coming from their grill, flames going as high as the rafters of their roof line. Now, he immediately sprung into action, grabbed his fire extinguisher, which was way too small for the fire and did nearly nothing. He quickly rushed over to grab the garden hose and was spraying at it, luckily being able to decrease the flames enough to get it away from the house, and by the time the fire department arrived, the flames were just about completely diminished. Now, this is the house that they originally moved into in 1979. They're the original owners. They raised their children there, and right on the wall where the grill is against the house is their photo album and all their pictures with their children. So not only did the dog save their lives, it saved their family home, and it saved all of their memories. It's amazing how the dog knew just what to do, immediately saw the flames and knew this was a very bad thing, and alerted the adults in the room to jump into action. Isn't that amazing that the dog knew somehow that that fire was a danger? You know, dogs, like, don't have the best vision. The fact that the dog was just able to pick up and spring into action, that is really an amazing story. And at that point, you wouldn't be feeling any heat through the walls, so the dog couldn't sense that. It hadn't done any real damage to the home yet. But believe it or not, by the time they got the fire out, it actually charred the stucco on the side of the house, and they have to do some renovations now. So it was beginning to do damage, which means that a dog had waited say, five to ten more minutes before making any noise, it might have had the roof cave in. It might have caused the house to entirely catch on fire and go down. So he sprung into action at the exact right time. Thank goodness the dog was awake. So that's our shout-out to you, Osa. Great job saving your family. You are our dog of the week. Now, for the moment you guys have all been waiting for since this episode started... Let's jump into our turn up or throw up segment. Derek, you're on the spot in the hot seat this week. Turn up or throw up. Seeing movies on holidays, like going to the movie theater on Christmas. Ooh. I'm going to say throw up. But mainly because of this week's topic, I would much rather just watch in the comfort of my own home in my pajamas on a holiday. Like think about how many times you watch Christmas Story on Christmas. There's just something special about it, being around your family, hanging out, especially if you do have a favorite one. In my house, it's probably that, or Elf. I mean, classic Christmas movie, but I know you had a special viewing of that one year. Oh, yes. So here in Texas, we have the Alamo Draft House, where they, before the movie shows, they'll do, like, 
in-house skits that they record and create. It's very original, very creative. And they had like a whole viewing experience. We saw Elf there on Christmas and they had people doing a competition, eating the spaghetti with maple syrup, burp contest. Uh, We had like bubbles to blow, all sorts of stuff. Wasn't there even a snowball fight like they have in the movie? I think so, yes. Like it was completely interactive and it was a, a great experience. So something like that might be worth Leaving your house on definitely, a holiday. Definitely, definitely. Next one I have here for you. Drive-in movies. Turn up or throw up? Turn up. I noticed that there were some drive-in movie theaters that kind of had a, a perk in business because of the pandemic. And I think that's definitely something that might come back. Because you can just tune in your radio station. Cars have good sound systems these days. Cars have increasingly comfortable seating in them as mm-hmm. well. Kind of a cool way, of course... It doesn't work in all climates in the middle of the winter or on a rainy day. You're not going to get a very good viewing experience, but it can just be a cool way to enjoy that movie. 100%. Very cool, classic way to see movies. Also, I have for you here, Turn Up or Throw Up, HBO Max. Turn Up. Without HBO Max, I wouldn't be able to enjoy things like Curb Your Enthusiasm. (laughs) Oh gosh, so cringe. So cringe. But that's why we love it. Just like the dinner party episode of The Office. I just want to, this is so random, but HBO Max, you know, Curb Your Enthusiasm. There was a case where a guy um, was a suspect in a murder, and he didn't have anything to prove his alibi that he went to this baseball game, but he remembered that Larry David was there filming an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, and he was in the background of some of the footage. Really? He was like an extra in the back? Yes. So they reached out to HBO, got the footage, the and it footage. literally exonerated this man. It proved his alibi because he was on the footage. What are the odds of that? That's such a benefit because you think about now so many different police officers have the body cams. There's so much surveillance around now. On one hand, yes, a little creepy, a little big brothery, yeah. but it can bring the facts and bring the truth to light in so many situations like that poor guy because i did just see there was recently someone who was convicted of murder and put to death and sadly a few years later dna exonerated the guy and so i think the more information the better in a criminal case like that so i'm glad that curb your enthusiasm possibly saved this guy's life it's just a little highlight i think of every time i think of larry david <laughs> sorry to go off on a tangent there guys back to business okay derek Red box, turn up or throw up? Throw up. It's a great idea, but I always end up forgetting about it or I'll put the DVD in my car to bring back and then that $1 rental that was a steal turned into a four, five, six, seven dollars rental and it would have been more than if we had just streamed it at home. It's the new blockbuster. Like, it's just kind of out of date now. Kind of chewy. Kind of chewy, yeah, when you can just stream it. Stream it. Right so I say streaming over Redbox. 100%, you don't have to return it. All right, here we go. Turn up or throw up, dine in movie theaters. Turn up. Like we were saying, there isn't that much that separates the movie theater experience from the home viewing experience these days. So if you can have an awesome meal while you're watching, just brought right to you. Because, yes, you mentioned we can pause the movie and get our takeout or cook dinner and then watch the movie. But to just be sitting there and be like, you know, I finished my meal like half an hour ago. I kind of would enjoy some dessert. And then... Like at Alamo Draft House, it's so simple. You just write it on a card and you leave it on your table and the people just circle through, grab it quietly, discreetly, drop it right off for you. And they've got things like cookie trios and milkshakes. I mean, it's not like you have that just waiting for you at home. Get a bottle of wine while you're at the theater with a nice meal. Turn up. (laughs) Big turn up. (laughs) 
What about turn up or throw up at home sound systems? Turn up. You know, for years I've been working my wired clip system. You know, the big header unit with all those speakers and the surround sound on that has been awesome. But of course, you have to run the wires everywhere and that can get a little bit cumbersome. So we finally switched over to that sound bar, which the sound bar technology these days is amazing. Having a subwoofer built into a sound bar that's tiny and you barely even notice it. Right? Like you've got options. So many options. Definitely want to get the clip speakers going again because they're so high quality, but we'll set up like a home theater for real one day. Oh, 100%. And next item for you on the list, turn up or throw up midnight movie premieres. Turn up. If it's something that you're really invested in, like, I don't know if you did this, but I went to the Harry Potter premiere, and when I did the final movie premiere, they did a back-to-back. So it was number seven, part one, intermission, number seven, part two. How late were you up? Well... Part one started at, like, 10 p.m. Oh, okay, okay. So they played it, so there would be, like, a half hour between the end of it. Maybe it was, like, 9, 9.30. Between the end of the first part, intermission for half an hour, then right around midnight, you all amped up for the premiere of the original of the final installment. So that was really cool. I know we've done some for Marvel, too. We've gone to premieres. I don't think we ever went to a midnight one, but we've gone to the initial showing. And there is something fun about the buzz of first people to see it. And, like, waiting in line when you're, like, not usually in a line and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would have to disagree with you. I'm always like, oh, am I going to be able to stay awake for the whole <laughs> thing, you know? <laughs> I've been there. That actually happened to me watching Avatar. Oh, I had a that's long such day. a long movie. Yeah, I was up at, like, 6 a.m. for a wrestling tournament. I just remember, like, dozing off during those insane action scenes. Like, I couldn't even keep up. Couldn't even. I couldn't even. <laughs> Also, that's, like, a very visually exhausting film. Like, yes. so many colors, so much going on, especially on a big screen, like, I think little we OD. did the IMAX version, too. So it was just, like, all around us. I was just like, I can't. I can't <laughs> keep up. Probably a great nap, though. Okay, next one I have for you. Turn up or throw up documentaries. Turn up. You usually harp on me for being too educational in our podcasts. But I do enjoy a good nonfiction documentary. You know, give us some information about something. We've had some fun ones on Netflix, like Wild Wild Country. That was crazy to hear about. Or the Bikram Yoga one. I mean, you absolutely love your true crime, which is just a documentary. Yeah, I was about to say, you know, HBO Max has some really cool true crime documentaries. They're always churning out new content. So definitely just take a look at that documentary section there. There's some good stuff. And it's real. True yeah, stories, true crimes. Next one I have for you here. Uh, turn up or throw up. Actors and actresses bulking for a role or losing weight. You know, altering their physical appearance for a role they're playing. Turn up. That is a different level of acting. I think most amazing version I can think of was Christian Bale went full method actor for Rescue Dawn, which is the movie about that Vietnam War veteran, the only one to ever escape you know it's so sad that there were so many who just got lost and never came home but he made it and in order to probably portray that movie he cut weight like crazy he would be eating in a day all he'd be eating was you know a couple of fruit cups for those weeks to just drop weight and look so emaciated and then I know it's not the losing or gaining weight portion but there was a scene where he was going down a river because it was the monsoon season and supposedly Dieter Dangler 
got covered in leeches and he literally dove into this river in Vietnam for filming and let leeches get all over him. Wow. So if you're getting paid all that money and all that publicity and all that fame and you're an actor, I mean, you got to go all out these days for that full immersive experience. And just thinking about like the mental strength and, and physical to go through that and to put yourself through that to completely embrace a role, that is something else. I think it also honored Dieter Dangler in his story about how he escaped because it wasn't an easy thing to do. It was, oh, definitely not. Obviously, it was extremely difficult because he was the only one out of hundreds or even thousands to do it. And then, of course, on the other side, people like Kamel Nanjiani, who for years was definitely not a buff guy. He played roles that were kind of geeky, nerdy people in Silicon Valley. He was not <laughs> yoked. And now he is putting on some mass. I see pictures of him now. And holy moly, he's <laughs> almost unrecognizable. You were just like, who is this man and what happened to him? He went like dad bod to bodybuilder. Definitely Google him if you haven't seen a recent pic. And also just want to mention here, remember Zac Efron when he did Baywatch? I mean, whoa. He's like, I never want to be that in shape ever again. Yeah. Like, it was like, bro, I'm straight up not having a good time. And that is the one negative here is that some people think, oh, that's how we should look. They really look up to people who are doing that. But they're doing it for a very short period. Again, they're getting paid. Like I said, they're getting paid to do this. This is their main focus. If you're working a nine to five job and you have other commitments, it's really not possible. And in many instances, it's not even healthy to be doing that. Definitely not healthy. And like when he did his Netflix show about going around the world, he was like, I haven't had carbs in years. Like it was insane the prep he had to do for that. And you're right. Like they make it seem like that's like a normal attainable thing. But even the most ripped people in the world, like the actors and actresses, the top tier people, like have to go through intense prep to get there. It's pretty wild. Last one for you. Turn up or throw up Netflix original movies. Throw up. And that's more of an average. I think the Netflix movies have been bad on the whole, whereas their series have been so much better. And so it's just odd to me that they can't put together two hours of good content but they can put together 12 hours of good content for a series well they break it up into short little segments for a little attention span so maybe they're onto something with that but even the character development and that might even be the problem maybe for them two hours isn't enough time to develop a character some of these limited series that we've seen have been some of the best character development ever look at things like wandavision diving into characters we didn't know that much about in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I think someone like the Scarlet Witch deserved that. So it's cool when they have five, six, seven, eight episodes, whether it's half an hour to an hour long, to really dive in piece by piece and examine them. No, you're not wrong. And, like, we recently watched Woman in the Window on Netflix. It was a movie, brand new, with Amy Adams, and it dropped right to Netflix, Netflix original. And I watched the whole thing. Derek came in, like, right at the good part. And honestly, like, I wish I had just came in when Derek came in because it was like this long, drawn out movie and like it really wasn't that great. You know, it was just like really hyped up. I'd been seeing previews for it. I watched it the day it hit and I was just like, oh, you know, I love Amy Adams. But like, I just felt like they could have done more. It could have been better. I don't know. Yeah, it seems like Netflix has really honed in on the series, but hopefully they get their movie game up a little bit. 
We're now jumping into our deal of the week segment. This is going to be a lot. We're approaching Memorial Day weekend where tons of retailers are throwing amazing products at you for a low price. Some of the top places I've seen doing really good Memorial Day weekend sales include Walmart, Lowe's, Home Depot, Best Buy, and Amazon. But I just want to throw it out there. If there's something that you've been eyeing, something you've been trying to get for a while that you haven't been able to pull the trigger on, this is probably going to be the weekend to go ahead and get it. Basically, everywhere is going to have a sale once we hit the weekend. Um, Something I noticed that's already been posted is Roombas. We're absolutely loving our Roomba. It's just nice that you can set it to go off while you're at work. It just helps prevent those tumbleweeds from accumulating from our pets. Uh, So Walmart and Best Buy both have great deals on different uh, levels of the Roomba. So check them out. But I've seen it as low as $189, which is such a steal. Also, just want to point out here, I've been seeing lots of deals for laptops, mattresses, home appliances, or anything that you need for patio furniture or your backyard. So this is the weekend to get it. All right, diving into our final segment, which is, of course, on the bright side. Now, I'm going to need you to stick with me for a moment because the story does not start out very bright. It starts off with my favorite beginning to any news story, which is Florida Man. And in this story, Florida Man rescues eight-month-old pup from alligator's grasp. It's pretty wild, but Mike McCoy was walking his puppy, Jack, who's a little black lab pup, just eight-month-old, around the middle school in his neighborhood. There's a little retention pond behind the school, so they decided to go around it, get that nice view, when out of nowhere, an alligator leapt out of the water and grabbed Jack in his mouth. Now, what gators go to, if you've never lived in a state that has them, is to pull you underwater and start rolling you around to drown you. Mike's survival instincts kicked in to save his dog, and so immediately he jumped after the gator, got on top of it, used his thumbs to poke the gator in the eye, which is one of their soft points, and then did all he could to lift them out of the water, because once they go under, you're in their territory, they have the advantage, and you're nowhere near as capable of stopping them. So he lifted this alligator out of the water, and while all this is going on, there's a teacher at the school watching them from the window. Now, Jack is eventually freed by his owner, Mike, but both of them ended up needing to go and get medical attention for stitches, but that's all that happened, no further damage, so it really is a happy story here. That being said, after the fact, from the onlookers and research from Animal Control, they found out that the alligator was somewhere between 7 and 9 feet long. You have to applaud his fast acting and just know it's like instinct. He knew exactly what to do. It was like, you know, fight or flight, he fought. Any hesitation and the dog would have been lost. So we're so happy that Jack made it. He seems happy. He's still running around again, almost like he never got the attack in the first place. So thank you, Mike, for being an amazing dog dad and saving your pup. Thank you guys, as always, for joining us. We love putting out content for our listeners, and we just want to once again thank everyone's listening because this week we passed 200 listens total across the different platforms. Now, it may sound small, but for us, this is a big deal. We couldn't do it without you. 
It's amazing to us that we have listeners in so many different countries listening to us from the original episode through the newest one. So if you guys keep it up, we will too. Thank you guys so much for your support. Feel free to check us out on Instagram. We're at Professional Millennials Pod. Same thing with Gmail. Feel free to reach out to us with any ideas, anything you'd like us to talk about. We're at Professional Millennials Pod at gmail.com. Stay tuned.